Thank you for tuning in to the Slow Wealth Podcast. That is Success Lives on Elevation. I am Kendra. And Ramon. And as we have with our previous shows, we always start off with a powerful motivational quote. The quote starts by saying, no matter how many mistakes you make or how slow you progress, you're still way ahead of everyone who isn't trying. Yep, got to get started. You got to get started. That's always the hardest part, just getting started. You're going to make mistakes along the way. Don't try to be perfect with your initiation. Just start. Don't be afraid to start over. It don't work the first time. Yes, that's so true. It's easier said than done, but that that is so true. (laughs) All right, so today's topic comes with much, much research (laughs) and personal experience for the both of us that that that's probably the most research is the personal experience yeah and, and that experience is horrible well it was for me i mean it, i don't say it was horrible it was just an experience yeah you you know it worked for you at the time Until yeah now, at the you time. See that, now you see it's some bull yeah you know so i didn't understand what it was then but anyways you know uh, I won't, you know, we don't want to keep you questioning. We're going to talk today about predatory lending and how it affects black people. Now, the black community, let's say that. Yes, the black community. Um, now, predatory lending, the reason why we chose this topic is because very recently um, we were asked to do a favor for an acquaintance of ours. Well, an acquaintance of ours asks for a ride to the bank. So we thought, okay, we're just taking this person to the bank. Pull up and it's a payday loan place. And predatory lending for those out there is not only just, it's not just payday loans. It's, you know, it could be, more, you know, mortgage loans, um, car loans. It could be a lot of different um, genres of predatory lending. It's not just one. There's many. And for those, you know, the the, the term uh, definition for predatory lending is any loans. It refers to loans that have unreasonable fees, higher interest rates, uh, and payment requirements. So uh, you think of subprime loans with mortgages where... They were tailored to lower income, middle class, so they're making so much money off these people who don't have it. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we'll get into exactly what it is after I tell the story. (laughs) This was so significant to me just to drop this, you know, our acquaintance off at this, you know, payday loan place. I'm like, okay, this is not a bank. So we walk into the place and she, you know, the, the person that we were taking to, um, a.k.a. the bank. <laughs> it was her bank. Though, <laughs> it was her bank. Was no, this was her bank. She received a check from them and um, was approved for a loan. And she wanted to cash in on that check, you know, because she had some things that she needed to pay. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, man, you know, I we, I didn't know the situation. I, you know, I literally thought that we were just taking her to the bank so she can make a deposit or a withdrawal or whatever, not going to some payday loan place, right? And 
these are the type of people if we anytime we offer to help them um with things they it's always no we don't know we'll pay you back or you know don't do it whatever they they don't like hand I don't want to say handouts but they don't want to hand up that's what I'll say because you're you're helping somebody so you you know you're giving them a hand up um well anyways we get there and I'm like you know I didn't want to say anything because this is this thing this ain't my business that's not my place and we walk into the place and immediately the um clerk at the payday loan facility you know says hey how you doing so-and-so, I oh, haven't seen you here in, a, you know, a couple months, and I hope everything is well, and um, we'll, you know, we can't wait to give you a loan, blah, 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 and then she, you know, looks over at me, introduces herself, and uh, says, hey, do you need a loan? And I'm like, no, I'm good, you know, I'm just, She's just here. Hell no. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> but anyways, long story short, so as they were going through the process, I didn't want to be sitting in there. I, I felt like, I felt terrible. You know, I'm, I'm like, damn, you know, if you needed something, you ask. But anyways. You um, charge interest rate too. I, <laughs> I ain't no loan <laughs> shark. What the hell? Yeah, I need 30% interest. Right. <laughs> um, but the, uh, I will say the acquaintance of ours, uh, was sitting there going through the process of, you know, cashing in the check and whatnot. Um, but the payday clerk was asking very specific questions about anything she had of value if she defaulted on the loan. I mean, it went so far as she said, do you have this bike? And she described the bike and she said, do you have this diamond ring? Do you still have this and this? I mean, it was like, it was, th- it was things that I couldn't even believe you would ask somebody to give up if they default on the loan. You know, I, isn't it bad enough that it's hitting their credit and they're going to get, you know, the, um, the, the phone calls and, you know, the emails, whatever, but you want their the only things that they have of value in addition to that. So, anyways, I thought it was um, I thought it was very practical for us to talk about this because the person, the acquaintance, um, wasn't very knowledgeable about the significance of predatory lending. And this person is not a young person. This person is an elderly person. Um, like I said, she's an acquaintance, and um, anything we can do to help, we you know we do we do our best, and we we you know we'll reach out and help when we can. Now, um, Ramon briefly described what predatory lending is. It's also a practice um, coming from a lender that imposes unfair and abusive loan terms on borrowers, including high interest rates, fees, and then it strips the borrower of all equity. All of it. And just her, our acquaintance sitting down with the payday loan clerk and the clerk listing, like itemizing 
things of value to take from this elderly woman <laughs> if she defaults on the loan, that made me sick to my stomach. It literally made me sick to my stomach. But anyways, I don't want to get too off track and continue to rant. Uh, but let's get in today's topic. All right, so um, this is how predatory lending works. Predatory lending um, is very unscrupulous <laughs> as far as its practices. It entices, induces, misleads um, to assist borrowers in taking loans they can probably not pay back. At extremely high cost, um, you can get at some payday loan places, almost up to 400% interest, 400% interest. And what happens is, is um, the borrowers will borrow, let's say $500, right? But to pay that $500 off, they'll, they'll go pay the 500. They say, okay, I'm going to pay this loan off. But then the payday loan place says, well, wait a minute, you have fees to pay this loan off. So it's not like $550. It might be $640, $700 total to pay off a $500 loan. That's crazy. And it puts a lot of borrowers at risk um, as far as, you know, um, them being targeted in other ways, you know, hitting their credit, making them vulnerable to this endless cycle of predatory lending. Um, and it also, with predatory lending, it, it it's kind of like calculated because they... Ain't no kind of, it is calculated. <laughs> I was trying to be they, friendly. They okay, you hear, you hear my pause, you know, know, I'm trying exactly, to be very... Listen, they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> They put all these things in the hood. I'm trying to be very no. cautious about how I word this because I don't want to offend anybody that is receiving money from payday lenders. Well, I mean, I did it. I know I I've done it I, too. I, I ain't proud of it. I mean, I did it. I was, man, but I won't do it now. Oh, you hell. So, but, you know, hey, that's the thing, no, though. No, no, no. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Like, sometimes, you know, that i tell you this. I'd rather do that than go out and, you know, sell, shake your sell. ass, watch yourself. No, Shake your ass. You. Show me what you're working with. I'm saying I'd rather do that. I said, go show out me here. what you're working with. You do something, you stupid. You do something <laughs> illegal, you know what I'm saying, to make a quick dollar. You know, that that might be the last time you see the streets. So I'd rather do right. that, you know what I mean, and and get and basically get raped in that sense, you know, because you getting five hundred dollars but you gotta pay seven hundred back. Like, that's crazy. So I mean I'd rather do that, you know, than do something else. So um unfortunately Sometimes, you know, it did come in handy, but it is very predatory. I mean, you look in the hoods, they got all the pawn shops, uh, those payday loans, check cashing services. I mean, they're everywhere. And they're in, they're only in certain neighborhoods. In our neighborhoods, in black neighborhoods, black and brown neighborhoods, because obviously. Just loaded, loaded moderate Ooh. income neighborhoods, which, yes. you know, could have. Black and brown neighborhoods. And they got some white folks, too. Mm -hmm. um, but predominantly. Uh, black and brown neighborhoods. Yes. And and that it's just not payday loan places and pawn shops. It's also certain banks that have predatory lending. Uh -huh. um, finance companies, which would be your payday loan companies, uh, mortgage brokers, attorneys, 
real estate contractors because they do target elder the elderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but see, it, it's a discriminatory practice, lending practice, excuse me. And when they target these communities, they already know that most of these people are vulnerable because they have inadequate um, credit or um, household incomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, you know, they they ignore the borrower's ability to repay a debt. They're like, look, if you need this $500 and you get paid in two weeks, I'll give you this $500. But what happens is that they don't tell people all the fees that are associated with borrowing this money. And it's so sad. Um, the, the payday loan was just one example of the illness. Um, now, with the excessive and abusive fees, I mean... These are often disguised and downplayed. Um, they may tell you, okay, you don't have fees that may that will exceed five percent. Okay, but that's just one fee, right? So they're making you aware of one fee, but not all the other fees that are associated with borrowing. Again, using five hundred dollars as an example, borrowing this five hundred dollars. If I have two hundred dollars in fees to borrow five hundred dollars. To repay you in two weeks? That's crazy as hell. Well, also, um, like I said, also that's with uh, car lots too. Yeah. You know, so. With the buy here, pay here places? Right. So, you know, the thing is, there's, there's not, it's not, the onus is not really on the payday loan people to, I mean, they have to put their fees out there, right? right. They have to put in the terms, but they can't force you to read it. They can't force you to understand what you're actually signing. It's on us, you know. You need to, you know, we have to be educated about that, about exactly what you are signing yourself up for, because when you, if you're in a position where you need to go to a payday loan place in the first place, you don't really care about what what you're gonna pay back. Right. All you really care about is that money right there. Right. I'm broke, and they say they'll give me five hundred dollars today. I don't care that I might have to pay a thousand in two weeks. <laughs> I might just worry about it when that day comes. And then I might not even have the money to pay. You know so, <laughs> exactly. And then you have to borrow that $500 again. So you, so it's, basically it's, it's what a, happens, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's cycle. an endless cycle. Yeah. Um, and, and then another thing that happens with these predatory lenders is they'll say, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll give you low payment um, options, right? So initially, let's say your first five payments are $50. Uh-huh. And then it's not until the end of that loan that you see this one balloon payment. Mind you, you borrow $500, you've made five $50 payments, which is what, 250 bucks. Okay, so you're like, oh, I only got, you know, $250 balance plus, you know, whatever little fees that are subjugated to the loan. Well, that's not the case because you are incruing new charges. Also, so they're expecting you to pay that balance of 250 plus the fees that you originally had plus these new fees. Yeah, it's, it's a it's compounded interest and people really need to figure out. I won't say figure out, but it's you not need. compounded. I don't mean to cut you off. It's not compounded interest like you would get at a regular bank, uh-huh. hopefully at a scrupulous bank. Right. Uh-huh. This is 
up to 400%. And this was like a lot of different payday loans. Well, I'm saying if you're not paying it off, mm -hmm. then you're drawing more money. That's interest on a new loan. So it is compounding. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, because it's just like your credit card. You know, you carry a balance every month. You're getting hit with daily, uh, average daily balance, um, the interest on the average daily balance. So each month you're getting hit with interest unless you pay it off. So, you know, there's things uh, about finances that a lot of us don't know. You know, you know, the low income neighborhoods, we're not taught this. We're not taught about compound interest. You know, we're not taught about taught about all these things. So, again, they put these 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 predatory lenders in certain neighborhoods where they know, like you said, you don't have the credit. You don't have the income. You don't have the means to go get a loan from somewhere else, mm -hmm. you know, in a better neighborhood. Right. With a with a with a bank like Chase and Wells Fargo because you don't meet their requirements. But you meet the requirements of this local bank here, but you're going to be paying so much interest, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be ridiculous. But again, you don't care. Right. You know, you care, but you don't. you like, I just need, if I need a car, think about that. You know, I think I told that story, that the car I bought that I still got, my interest rate was uh 17%. Yeah, my interest rate was 17%. I've had one that was like 22%. Damn. But you don't, you don't care. I'm like, bro, I'm walking. I don't give a, if it's 100%. Like, <laughs> <laughs> as long as I ain't walking, you know what I'm saying? It's cold. Like, you know what I mean? So it, it's in most situations in that low-income neighborhood, there's desperation. And where there's desperation, you know, there's going to be some wolves. Yeah. And then she clothing. Oh, yeah, come on over. We can help you out. We can get you in this car. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, you're only going to pay $400 a month. Yeah, don't even worry about it. But your interest rate is 20 But you don't, you know, it's in the paperwork. But that, you know, they they can help you overlook that. You know what I'm saying? The, the payday loan. We'll give you that 500 today. You know what I'm saying? You just pay, pay us 800 in two weeks. <laughs> you're like, you're like well, what? Wait a but minute. you ain't you Shit, just didn't have... they count the money in front of you while they're telling you what you're yes. gonna pay back. Yeah. So it's a sleight of hand, like you're just getting hypnotized by what they can give you right now. You're not looking at what I'm gonna have to pay later. And as you get your finances together, like you start paying more attention. It's just like you going in the in the grocery store and you pick up a package of food or something, you look at the ingredients on the back. It it can turn you off on buying that. Because you like, man, I don't know where half this stuff is in the food. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where normally, growing up, you don't look at the back. You just look at the front. You look, oh, that look good. Yeah, put that's in the car. My bologna has a first name. Hey, spam, <laughs> sardine, you know what I'm saying? He's like, man, put that in the car. You about to grub, you know what I'm saying? But you start learning about food and, and where a lot of these cancers, these illnesses is coming from. And you learn that, okay, a lot of this is in the food. So now I'm going to look at the back and see what's actually in this. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm hungry. So I can eat this and just disregard what's in this. Or I can say, you know what? I'm just going to go hungry for a minute or I'm going to go find something else. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to pay more for something better. So that's what's happening why it's predatory because you catch people in vulnerable, desperate, desperate situations. You go to low-income neighborhoods, a lot of people don't have... Uh, Cars, yeah, they're on transportation. They got bikes or they walking. 
Um, you have a lot of uh, single family or single parent homes. Um, you know, you got to think if you're a single mother, you got a kid or two or more than that. I mean, and those are most of the most of the people that receive payday loans are single black and brown moms. I mean, mm-hmm. by large percentages, it was like almost even <laughs> between, mm-hmm. you know, the two races. And that and that's, you know, that's predatory. Um, so it, it's, it's really something that I think has not been addressed. It should be addressed. Um, but. It, it was it was purposely planned, you know. Um, well, it, it has been addressed. It was addressed in 2016. 14 states plus uh, Washington, D.C. Um, prohibited payday loans in some states. I don't I can't remember what the 14 states were, but mm-hmm. I know it's 14 states plus Washington, D.C. They prohibited payday loans. Um, and then the remaining states, you know, had very strict laws on payday loans, yada, yada, yada. In 2019, 2018, that was reversed because it was from one administration to the other. Of course. And, you know, hey, we're not going to get political. Yes. But I have to say. Whether, you know, people are independent, Republican, Democrat, whatever you are. If you look at the Democratic Democratic administrations and you look at the Republic administra- administrations, Republican, go back and just look at some of the policies that was passed in those administrations. And you're going to see a difference. Yeah. A bigger difference. That particularly... In the- pertain to the black the community. black community and you're going to see the biggest difference in that when you had a democratic president a democrat president i'm not saying you know we ain't, we ain't being political but i'm just saying when you go back and you look at the democratic presidencies and you look at the policies and things that was passed you're going to see a lot of things that a lot of things that was passed the policies that actually affected black people directly. and the community directly directly this is not to say who was better or who is better all i'm looking at is the policies that are being passed so you know well okay so for example we looked at an article i think this was uh i think it was cnbc but back in the 1930s they passed uh or they the federal agency came up with this program it was something that they were trying to basically they they, they had an agency that made up uh maps and these maps were uh, color coded. We talked about this before with the redlining. Yeah, it kind of goes ahead with redlining, but it, it also comes with predatory uh, lending. And I'm gonna I'm try to piece it together. So they made these these maps, and it was labeled A B D C. I mean A B C D. Oh, well, look, I, I was in the Yo. D, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what's up with that? Listen, when you're in the D area, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I see. The education ain't that great. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, I was an ABDC. A- <laughs> ABCD. All right. <laughs> Lord. So ABCD. All right. So A being, A was like the green area. That was like the best areas to live. Those is the areas that lenders look at and they, they are normally... Uh, give 
75 to 80 percent loan to value based off the appraisals of those properties. And then obviously B was, you know, not an A area, it was a little less, a little worse. C, D. D being hazardous. Every area that was D was uh, colored uh, red. And it was all areas that was predominantly black. So from the 1930s, that was formed. 80 years later, 90 years later, uh, those same areas, 74% of those areas are still predominantly black and low-income low areas. 90 years later. So, you know, they passed the law against uh, being able to redline. They passed in 1968, you know, uh, the FHA. Um, they passed, you know, Equal Opportunity Housing. They passed, uh, I think, with the, the acronym, basically, for the credit. They can't discriminate based on your credit, uh, based on your color. Consumer finance, something like that. CFSB? Something like that. I can't know. Not CFSB. But it's, I forget the acronym. But they passed all these things, and yet they're still redlining to today. Because how is it 90 years later, the areas that was, the, in their eyes, the worst areas are still the worst areas today. But uh, 91% of the A areas, the A and B, are still uh, middle to upper class, uh, upper class uh, neighborhoods today. Mm -hmm. And they are predominantly white. So there's something to say there where 90 years pass and the same areas have the same people in it with the same, well, I ain't going to say the same, a bigger, a wider wealth gap. You see what I'm saying? So um, and so if, if I'm a lender and I can look at that map and I can see, oh, okay, this is the area where it has most, you know, low income, probably black and brown folks, Oh, okay, yeah, so let's put some payday loan uh, places up in there, some check cashing, you know, we'll let some pawn shops. You know what I'm saying? We'll let all these, you know, because we know that they probably have lower credit, they don't have as much income. So they need money, we can give it to them, we're just going to charge hella interest on it. But like you said, we need some collateral. We're going right. to get our money. Mm -hmm. It's easy to target people like that. So, you know, man, it's... It's crazy, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a show, I told you about this, on Netflix. I forget the exact name of it. I think it's called Data. But they talk about, and I haven't seen it yet, I need to watch it. But they talk about how data is worth more than gold. And now tell what you told me earlier about oh, the Oh, about um, the fintech companies, basically financial tech companies. Um, I was reading this article um about consumer lending, lending, excuse me, discrimination in fintech. So uh, there was a researcher who's a professor um, at Berkeley that um, did some research on how she was estimating discrimination and um, speaking of the effects of financial technology algorithmic models used for housing loans. And her research found that um, while algorithms remove some biases, it doesn't move all biases. And algorithms can still um, result in discrimination. Now, going through this, I was kind of like, okay, whatever, whatever. 
And then I'm reading that this algorithm determines the risk of loan defaults depending on the high school that you went to. So if you attended a, a high school with a largely black population, that determined the risk that you would have to default on a loan. So basically the high school and um, you attended does not correlate with wealth, okay? It just is measured by how, how and if you would default on a loan. And how they came up with this is um, high schools, uh, according to this researcher, her name is uh, Professor Morse, um, she describes here that high schools can also correlate with race or ethnicity even after removing wealth factors. For this reason, it is determined that using high school data would punish or impact some minority households. Um, and through her findings, she found that the algorithms does not completely eliminate biases um, and even contributed to continued discrimination. The reason why I want to discuss this too is because um, we saw an article about a gentleman in the Baltimore area. A gentleman in Maryland um, had an issue with um, refinancing his mortgage. Okay. He had an 800 FICO score, um, six figure salary, had been on his job, his career. Uh, for more than two years. So he had all the necessities that was needed or that is needed, you know, for somebody to get a great interest rate on a mortgage loan, especially for refinancing. Um, now he was, I, th I can't, I can't remember exactly, but I think he did most of his um, applications online. He used the online lenders. Yeah, he used online lenders. And give the backs because remember his wife is white. Yes, his wife is white. She purchased the um the place that they were the town home that they are staying in. And then he refinanced because she uh, would have had a lot of issues um, she was since she herself. was working for herself. She was self employed. And he had an you know, a um, a W two job again earning six figures, eight hundred credit score. The home that they had, um, that they live in, has at least 20% equity, which is um, more than enough to refinance. Mm -hmm. So he refinanced, um, he was filling out applications to refinance, and he was noticing that the lenders, um, I mean, the lenders do ask what your race is. You don't have to disclose it, but he was, you know, saying proudly that he was black. Mm -hmm. And he would get calls back and one gentleman told him that um, they're not interested in refinancing townhomes right now. And then the second application he did, again, he did these online. So this goes in correlation to the FinTech thing that I just talked about. Um, the second application he did, the lender called and said that... Um, well, while you were told by the first person that there's no industry standard on townhomes, um, 
they wouldn't be able to refinance him for... Well, I thought the second lender said they could, but they wanted to give him a higher interest rate. Right, I was getting to that. Oh, I was getting to Okay, that. so... <laughs> They, but they were they rejected what the first lender said, saying mm, that okay. there's no industry, mm, you know, standard on townhomes. Mm. But was given, um, had given the black man and his uh, white partner mm. a higher interest rate. So the third time he did an application, he did not put his ethnicity. He did not put his race. He, you know, left that blank, and he was given better terms multiple lenders multiple lenders gave him better terms when he did not um divulge his race that is truly sad it's sad but hey maybe we should all do that don't put your race you know <laughs> but see it's hard for me to do because of mm. you know my real first name they automatically assume okay she black yeah how but... many black how many white people have my name i think i know Two white girls that got money. Yeah, well, if you don't put the first letters on it, yeah, no, I know a lot of. <laughs> I don't. I don't. There's a lot of white girls with, with your name, Kendra. I know there's a lot of white girls with your name. I'm saying. Now I'm talking about my full name. Well, I mean that's different, but I'm saying if it's an algorithm um, that strictly just nobody is physically doing it, mm-hmm. then if you just don't put your race, it's not like you might be alright. You know, right. unfortunately, you know you hate to do that, but. Hey, if I ain't got to pay less money, you know where I'm playing the game. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? But, <clears throat> you know, until it can change. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know. And so, yeah, with that, right, refinances on that same article, it showed that black borrowers are denied 30.22% of the time when they're trying to refinance, which is almost double the overall denial rate. Of 17.7%. So black people are getting denied for refinances on their homes. Almost double the overall denial rate. Which the overall denial rate is all races. So compared to whites. it It's stating that Hispanic Americans are 78% more likely to be giving a higher cost mortgage. And black Americans are 100 and 5% more likely to be given higher cost mortgages. Mm, I know we did. But, you know, I was like, ah. You talking mean, about the refinance or the uh, original mortgage? We, uh, shoot, probably both. Yeah, probably both. Our first property, the second one, yep. I did a refinance, and I was like, eh, this ain't. The last refinance, no. But um, a few of them, I was like, I think we got a little bit higher interest mm-hmm. rate. Uh, but you know it. It's kind of one of those things. It's kind of hard to. It's prove, hard, hard I to get, prove. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like you know what? Forget it. You literally have to do what he did. Basically, you know, um, and that, you know, like you said, that's unfortunate that you got to do that. But this is the game, you know. Um, and but you know, one thing I did notice uh, that a lot of times these 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 refinances, everything. I don't know if it's just on houses. Um, it's so much multifamily, um, but um, it's kind of it kind of made me wonder about that. But I know, like, if you're selling a house, yeah, it's probably because you can't have no pictures in the house. You can't have none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy some of the things that you know black people have to do to 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 do normal stuff. You know, 
He's like, just sell a house, you know. Just sell a house. He buy yeah. a house. Hell. Yeah, he buy a house and he's like, you got it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you gonna buy this house? Yeah, we're not selling right now. You know, like, okay. I mean, the other article, man, we read where they, uh, I think it was a black couple, and then they use a a, a white person to buy the house or refinance or something. They use their white friend to refinance, I think. No, it was appraisal. Yeah, cause remember their oh, appraisal yes, came yes. in like. Yes, three or four hundred thousand yeah. dollars less, mm-hmm. and then when they used their white friend, it came in five hundred thousand dollars more, more or something crazy. Yep. I was like, "Oh my, that is." Yeah, that was that was sick. That appraiser needs his license tag. He need to be bored. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. Like it's stuff like that. If you are trying, I feel like this, and you know how I feel. You know how I am. If I know and it's blatant, or even if I suspect, and you give me strong vibes that some ignorant stuff is going on because you're trying to take food out of the mouth of me and mine I'm going to make sure you not going to eat good I'm going to make sure that I'm going to make sh- you ain't what? about to come up off me well, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, not gonna, I mean, I'm not going to feed your family and you trying to take away from me that's not happening. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not one of these kumbaya type of people. I'm like, I fight fire with fire. I do. Well, any situation where you feeling like, you know, discriminated against, um, the right thing is not to still give them your money just to prove that you have it. And, some pe- and that's the thing. A lot of black people will do that. I had somebody tell me, <laughs> we received terrible service. Just, it was, it was horrible service. Okay. The food was just all right. And the service was awful. This was recently too. Um, and it it was clear. Clearly, I knew what was going on. I'm like, you know what? I, I know what this is all about. But I'm I'm gonna play it cool because I want everybody to be, you know, enjoy yourself, have fun. Um, and then the other person said, "Well, I'm gonna tip them good because I don't want them to think." That black people don't tip. I said, well, I don't give a damn. I will leave this be a quarter <laughs> and a note. Because you know I'm good at leaving notes. Um, mm-hmm. Get another job. Apparently, customer service isn't your line of work. Didn't mm-hmm. nobody tell you to work here? And if you have excellent customer service, I will also equally leave you a note. You were great. You're going to do great things in life. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and hey, and leave them a, a very, very generous tip. For Sometimes anybody that's listening to that, if you do that, you better make sure you got your food first. <laughs> Absolutely, we always, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'll be like, "Hey, everybody got yeah. their food and drink." If okay, you didn't, they don't even, don't even, <laughs> you might as well leave because they gonna put all kind of stuff in your. Food. I know, oh. Ramon be like, "Oh, man." I, I can- mean, you know what? I've gotten. I won't say terrible service, but you know, I'll still tip. I don't say it because I don't think no, I tip not for them, I tip for me. You know, your day might be going bad and everything, that's cool, but you know, I'm tipping for me. I don't give a damn. I don't I don't care about your day. I really don't. Not when you're not when I'm not you're in service. Great. I'm just gonna give you something, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna I give you that nice little shiny quarter. <laughs> I'll tip you, but then I might, you know, I'm definitely gonna talk to the manager. You know, I mean, see this is the thing. 
Like like my dad said, you know, sometimes you don't want nobody to, you want them to stay at that job. <laughs> Your dad be yeah. like, you hey, you should never leave this job. Yeah, Work here I, forever. <laughs> if you got that bad customer service, why would I want you to get fired from that job? And then you probably going to end up somewhere else. I got to deal with you again. Like, no, stay at that <laughs> job. Like, I I just won't come back. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I mean, yeah, we, we, we can't, we got to stop that too. Stop giving people your money that don't deserve it. Yeah. Don't, mm. <laughs> you don't have to have that. Like, just, just walk out. Just walk away, you know? So when you talk about predatory lending, like anything mortgage and anything, like if you experience that, don't go through with that mortgage, that refinance. Like, you you running that. Don't nobody get paid unless you buy it or unless you refi. So, you know, uh, I think, you know, that whole predatory lending is, is just something that, it's going to start with education. You know, we have to all be educated about finances, about credit, how to budget, how to save money. And read what you're signing. I mean, even with, okay, not just payday loans, but you got to think about subprime loans. They kind of doing away with those, but that's why the 2008 crisis have. Yeah, they have higher interest rates. Um, they're tailored to mi- yeah. minority low income areas and that's why the 2008 crash and that's really what they use as an indicator for the U.S. housing crash is they'll look at the loans for the in the lower income uh, neighborhoods um, to see you know if they start walking away then that's when they start talking about you know the housing crash or you know foreclosure because people will walk away from it um, now when you talk about multifamily a lot of times people ain't going to walk away from that. And even if they do, you can probably sell that multifamily a lot easier than you can the house. The house, yeah. Because it's income. So, you know, even when you're selling it, you still might experience, you know, some slight discrimination. But money is money. People looking at a building that's bringing in money, is bringing in income, they might not like you because of your skin, but at the same time, they want that income. They want that money. So, you know, with a house, it can be just a little bit different because a house, there's a lot of emotions tied to it. You know, with that income building, it's not so much. You know, there's a lot of multifamilies out here that look like crap, but they bring in some good income, some good cash flow. So, um, man, that's what I was saying about the houses. Hey, it's houses, you know, there's also that article we saw where they did a, a... Basically, within a mile of your home, check cashing places, payday loans, pawn shops. Most predominantly white neighborhoods, it was a very small percentage of people that can say that those those kind of businesses were was within one mile of their house. Black neighborhoods, it was like 40-50%. It was high. Credit unions, that was low in the black uh, neighborhoods. White neighborhoods, it was very high. So that kind of tells you right there that the heart of a of a neighborhood is the lending is, institution is, is the banks. Mm-hmm. If you got banks, that's how you build a neighborhood because that's how businesses are built off of loans, houses, lending off of loans through banks. Doctor Claude Anderson talks about that in his book Poweronomics. That's how you start. You know, that's how you build from the ground up is through the banks. You have to have a bank in those neighborhoods. And you go in these different neighborhoods that are predominantly white, you see banks all over. And when you see those banks, you see a lot of those businesses. You're like, oh, man, this this area is nice. Well, that's why. So, um, 
it's, it's going to take a lot. Yeah, but see, if they're determining by an algorithm whether or not you are going to be a risk on a loan when you're in high school, mm-hmm. you got the odds stacked against you in high school, no matter how well you Well, you had the odds parents. stacked against you when she came out the womb. Right, right. But I'm just, I'm for the sake of our conversation right now, mm-hmm. we're specifically talking about, you know, you're a, you're a senior, you're proud to be going, you know, going off to college mm-hmm. and... You apply later in life, you apply for a loan, uh-huh. and that loan is determining your risks by the high school you went to because you decided, Hey, I don't want to put on here that I'm black, white, or you know, uh, Mexican, or whatever. But they will ask you what high school you went to and determine your race or ethnicity. That is that that to me that's some cold stuff right well, credit there. card companies do that too you know you 18 them credit cards start coming to you with them high interest rates yeah credit capital one extremely one, high first interest premier <laughs> trash bank you know you got all of them coming them interest rate be high as on the what all the fees and you young yeah you know did nobody tell you about credit you, you about to go out there and max it out and that's how you start to mess with your credit it's People don't understand that they put a lot of money, billions, into getting data data from people. Where you live, how old you are, what's your race, where'd you go to school, how much money do you make, where you work, what area do you live. That's money. When you on the internet and you start searching for things, and then you go on your phone and you start seeing ads for the for things that you was looking on the internet for, you're like, hold on, how they know I was looking at this? No, I told you one day I was thinking, like literally thinking about something and just said it out loud, just spoke it out loud. And it was like when I was looking on my phone, I'm like, what in the hell? Did they hear what I said? Like I hadn't even searched for it yet. I just mentioned it Mm -hmm. aloud. It was it was crazy. And when we put our put tape on the on the camera. (laughs) On our camera. The phone, you know, the audio, you can't, you know. I mean, they gonna hear. They man, I'm telling people. People think be conspiracies. Like, no, they pay money to get this because this is how they sell to you. You know, if you say something, like you say, if you say something out loud or you searching for something and they put it in your face, it's like it's marketing. Right. So this is like you're gonna be thinking like, oh damn, I need that. Let me go out. Let me go out to the store. Let me go online. Let me buy that. That's a lot of goddamn. If you can get just one percent of the world's population to to do that. And for that to work, how much money that is? Right, right. <laughs> but going back to predatory lending and mortgage loans specifically, um, the the issue that Black Americans are having is that we do not comparison shop for mortgage loans. We will for some J's. Mm-hmm. We will for our purse. Mm-hmm. We will for maybe a car just depending on you know the type you of car that you know. get the car not the not the loan oh yeah the, yeah, car. the car yeah for sure um but people don't comparison shop so they take the first offer they receive and they end up with more uh excuse me expensive loans um they receive terrible fluctuating terms on these loans um and the sad thing about it is when you receive the terms of these loans in comparison to um, white 
Americans, you could have the same financial profile. You got an 800 credit score. Uh, the white American has an 800 credit score. And you have a six-figure income job. White American that you know that's being compared to you has a six-figure paying job. Your financial profiles are very similar. However, you get higher terms and fluctuating interest rates. And most people don't understand. It comes down to the credit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, in some, in most instances, I'll say that because that's why a lot of that's why a lot of black people. That's why we 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 get a lot of these uh, predatory loans because we don't look at the. We don't necessarily care about our credit. The terms. We don't care about our credit as much. We just care about that right now. Yeah. So you know when you get you know they the tell instant all, gratification. It's the instant gratification. Oh yeah, seventeen percent interest, but your 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 payment is only three hundred a month. Now if you go down and you put that on paper, and you say, "Well, hold up, if I pay this this whole car off, that's only ten thousand. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna end up paying twenty thousand. Now, you got some people be like, oh, no, I'm not getting that car. Why would I pay double what it's worth? Right. And it's not, it's not even worth that because as soon as you drive out the lot, it's lost value. Yeah. So that's the thing is that we don't understand credit. We don't understand finances. We don't understand how these numbers work. And this is how they get us. You have to read. Yeah. And see, I'm reading here in 2012, Wells Fargo reached a $175 billion settlement with the Justice Department to compensate African-American and uh, Hispanic borrowers for qualified loans and were charged, um, who qualified, excuse me, for loans and were charged higher fees or rates or were improperly steered into subprime loans so that's saying a lot the thing about these predatory mortgage lenders is that they aggressively target predominantly minority neighborhoods regardless Uh of their income or credit worthiness so that don't matter the fact that you are black Uh and because we're consumers that's why See, we're so we're so used to being consumers uh, that we're targeted. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have to get out of that consumer mindset. And like I said, when you just because you're in a low low income neighborhood and you can't qualify for something in a better uh, neighborhood, that doesn't mean that there's nothing out there for you. They're gonna make sure you can get something, but they, it's gonna cost you. Mm-hmm. It's gonna really cost you, and then, a lot of times it ain't gonna cost you up front. It's gonna cost you over the long run because these people are playing the long game. These banks, these yeah. lenders, they're playing the long game. Especially so, when you have algorithms, you know, like that's where our world is based upon right now. Like you said, data. Um, data and algorithms go hand in hand because you have to have data to get those algorithms. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're playing the long game. So, I mean, again, this is all the game, unfortunately. And if you don't want to play it, you, you're going to be one of the people that, you know, that get used. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand these things. We talk about it. Shoot, this ain't the first podcast. We didn't talked about a lot of this stuff, about credit, right. about understanding, you know, and maybe we should do even more because people, you know, you really have to know what you're getting yourself into because you put yourself in a position where you're at, you're at the mercy of a lot of these people. When you broke, you're at the mercy of these payday lenders. 
they put that money in your face, mm-hmm. you ain't gonna turn it down. And Ramon ain't lying when he says they count it, they count the money that you're borrowing. Um, and as they're counting it, that's when they tell you the term, the highlights of the loan that you'll be receiving. You go get that car. They're like, oh, you want that car right there? Man, that shiny red Chevy Park, man. Hey. And then you be like, damn, I ain't even driving five miles around the corner. Both tires then came off and my motor didn't well, fell look, out. Nah, look, while you <laughs> Transmission why, light on. Look, while you test driving it, they done ran your credit and everything. They like, all right, cool. Yeah. How much we going to get with interest rate? Oh, 17%. All right, cool. All right, he's going to be about $300 a month. He working. He 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 bringing in about twenty five hundred a month. Let's say. Whatever. And it's a nineteen ninety five Pontiac Sunfire. So when you get back, they're like, man, it's clean. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we'll give you a little warranty for three months. You know what I'm saying? You only gonna pay three hundred a month, but you can pay that off in five years. You make it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they're salesmen. That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? And and if you ain't thinking, when they hit you with the numbers, you know it's just like now. If I look at a multifamily property, you give me a few numbers, I I'll know if that's a good deal. And I don't know if it's if it's trash. I don't care what you say to me, how it looks. I'll be like, nah, that, that don't work. I mean, let me see the rents. Let me see what the market rents get. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who's on lease? You know what I'm saying? How long have you had these tenants? You know what I'm saying? How much how much money, not gross, how much income you bring? How what's the NOI? You know, it's certain Net things. Operating you, income. Yeah, NOI. sorry about you. But you know, we talked about all this. But see, it's certain things that you know we have to be aware of. When you did that one thing, I'm just gonna say, last thing. What they tell you to never do when you want to go grocery shopping. Oh, you never go grocery shopping hungry. That's it. Desperate. You don't never go. You never want to do anything out of desperation. When you broke, you don't do nothing because mm-hmm. you you they gonna get you. It says it in the Bible too, y'all. Yeah, don't you know? Don't do that. Don't put yourself in that position. You don't it's, do it's a never in the cycle, and you won't get out of it. Yeah. So, hey, and just to that? give you a, a quick story, now this was this would have been about. 15 years ago um, that I had my first payday loan. That was awful. (laughs) Okay, so I borrowed $500 and I remember going back to pay them off and the lady... Now, at the time, most of the people that were getting payday loans, mind you, this was 15 years ago, were military wives. And somehow the military, I don't know what happened, but they got involved because a lot of people were defaulting on payday loans and they had husband or wives overseas. So um, I got a payday loan and, uh, you know, I'm happy because now I can pay my rent on time, right? And... As promised, you pay the next time you get paid. So that would have been two weeks for me. I go back to pay and the lady's like, I said, hey, I'm here to pay, you know, my loan. Plus I'm thinking the interest from what I read, but I didn't read the fine print. I, it was $75. So I'm here to pay my $575, right? It was going to break me, but I wanted to pay it off. So... She said, oh, no, 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 it's going to be $640. And I'm like, whoa, what? She said, but this is what you can, this is what you can do. Give me the 500, you keep the 75, and you could borrow this $500 again. Uh. 
right? So I did it. A lot of people are going to do that. So I did it. And then I went back two weeks later and I was like, okay, here go my $640, right? Because I got paid two weeks after that. And she's like, nah, it's $720. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how are we? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, I, I didn't want to go to my parents or anybody to ask for money. That, that just wasn't my style. So what I did was I had to go to another payday loan place because those that those fees and interest rates was killing me. So I went to another payday loan place. Same thing. So mind you now, I got two payday loans. I'm trying to rob, literally rob Peter to pay Paul. Mm. It was so shameful. Y'all, to have... The, the lady that worked at the payday loan place, I was going to the grocery store to get a money order to pay my rent. And she had a second job at the grocery store. And she this is what she said to me. Who had a second job? The lady at the, from the payday loan place. Uh, I'm sorry. The lady from the payday loan place, her second job was at the grocery store. She worked at customer service. I will never forget this at Price Chopper in uh, Overland Park. Damn, I hope she ain't listening. <laughs> I don't care. Shit, now I'm good. <laughs> she gonna be working for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but she she said, uh, oh, I see your name here. She said, um, you have a loan with us. I'm like, I ain't got a loan with the grocery store. And she said, no, you have a loan with us at the payday loan place. Do you remember who I am? I said, yeah, I know who you are, but I'm not I'm not here, you know at the payday loan place. Mm-hmm. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at Price Chopper. And she was like, well, you know, when I go to work tomorrow, we can give you a call and work out some payment arrangements for your payday loan. I said, well, I've been making payments to y'all. She said, well, I see here you can afford to pay more. Mind you, I'm here paying my rent. I'm paying my rent. I'm like, how can you <laughs> correlate? <laughs> I'm like, well, shit, you're going to get what I give you. And right. I mean, that, I was paying them, but I was paying them as much as I could. Mm-hmm. It was like I was never going to get that paid off. So when um, when I claimed bankruptcy, that was one of the things in my bankruptcy because they were, by that time, I was getting all the phone calls um, for like three years. I was getting the phone calls, the harassment. It was It was terrible. I put myself in that situation, but I would not advise that, excuse me, to anyone else. You mm-hmm. have to really consider your alternatives. Borrow money from friends and family if you can, or a relig- religious congregation, public assistance program, anything that is unlikely to cause you financial harm. That's what you want to do to stay away from that place. That was embarrassing to stand in that line at Safeway, getting a money order to pay my rent, and that lady tell me about some shit that I had going on at her other uh, place of employment. Mm. You know, that, that like, it makes you feel inadequate. Nobody wants to feel inadequate. I tell you, she didn't mind her damn business because I talked to her at her other job. <laughs> like, this is not the time, so take this money for my groceries and keep it pushing well 
Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Slow Wealth Podcast. That is Success Lives on Elevation with Kendra and Ramon. And just to close it out, again, our motivational quote starts by saying, no matter how many mistakes you make or how slow the progress is, you're still way ahead of everyone who isn't trying. Remember to subscribe, leave comments, love, aka like us, We are on Facebook at slowwealth.com. That's S-L-O-E, wealth. And uh, you can email us at invest at slowwealth. That's I-N-V-E-S-T at S-L-O-E-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. You can listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Amazon Music. I'm missing something. Any of the podcast outlets. Do you have anything to add? No, that is it. All right. Well, again, thank you guys so much. We love you and God bless. Peace.